Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, Vince McMahon's voice of reason. It is Scott. Good morning, buddy. How are we doing this week? <laughs> oh, we're doing good, Sam. Unfortunately, Sam, uh, Vince did not listen to my voice this past week, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, but, just little, little, little things happening in the rest uh, of the world. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. overall, other than that, there was a pretty good week of wrestling. It was a great week of wrestling. And make sure you guys check out this great week of wrestling. Great, great, great <laughs> week of wrestling. By listening to Scott's Raw Review, NXT Narrative, and SmackDown Study that drops on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, respectively. Boy, what a week it's been. Crazy week. Let's start off overseas. Eh, overseas? West Coast? I don't know. They're all getting blurred right now. Power True. struggle just happened in Osaka. Uh, we had, I think, three title changes. Um, the never never open weight six man tag titles change. Uh, Show Yojiro Takahashi and Evil. They're going by the name House of Torture. I like that name. Defeating uh, Yoshihashi Tomohoroishi and Hiroki Goto. Um. El Desperado defeats Robbie Eagles by submission for the junior heavyweight title. And then big one, Kenta, defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi to become the new IWGP US heavyweight champion. Nice. Um, it looks like we also had uh, Okada taking on Tama Tonga for the rights for the Tokyo Dome title. Kind of like what they did last year, I think. Yeah. I like that they do that over there. You win the number one contendership or the right to challenge the champion, and somebody can go, no, 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 I'm going to take that from you. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting concept. I know WWE's done it once, at least. Yeah, a couple of times. But it's fascinating that they're doing how they're doing it over there. And then Shingo Takage uh, defended and successfully retained his title against Sack Saber Jr. But we're getting into uh, this week, and obviously, full gear, guys. Our go home show is coming up on Saturday, the morning of. Make sure you check that out. You're gonna want to listen to that. You're gonna want to listen. Um, but right after that, and they must have timed this perfectly. 11 p.m. Eastern time. New Japan Pro Wrestling's Battle in the Valley, San Jose, California, the San Jose Civic Center. What a what a card! Uh, they never open weight title. Jay White taking on Tomohorishi. Will Ospreay taking on Ren Narita. Uh, Clock Connors and Carl Fredericks taking on United Empire of Jeff Cobb and TJP. We have a 10-man tag match. Um, Moose taking on Juice Robinson. Josh Alexander taking on Yuya Yumara. Yumara. Um, another tag match. Brody King and Chris Dickinson taking on Bateman and Mysterioso. However... There's a big match, you know, Scott was excited for when we mm. were talking the other day. He had sent me information about Power Struggle. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I, I'm like, no. I'm like, but I think you might be more excited about this one. And <laughs> for somebody who had a cruiserweight title run in WWE on pre-shows, 
yeah. is now wrestling arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. It's true. We got Buddy Matthews. You might know him as Buddy Murphy or Murphy or Buddy or whatever fucking one name wonder that Vince McMahon comes up with. Take it on. Kazuchika Okada. This is exciting, especially because he's in the States now. And even though he's wrestling at the Tokyo Dome, so we have uh, about two months till the Tokyo Dome. The statement is this. Next, I'll be head. This is from Okada. Next, I'll be heading to the USA for a bit. I'll be leaving the fans here for a little while. The plan is to fire up the ring in America. So next stop, San Jose. Hey, buddy, Matthews, I'll see you in San Jose. Bring it on, bastard. The key here statement is I'll be heading to the USA for a little bit. Yep. Not a one stop. He is. He is headlining the Tokyo Dome this year. Yep. But. We got some exciting shit that's about to happen. Yeah. What have I said, Scott, since day one? <clears throat> that you want Okada to show up somewhere? <laughs> and what happens if Okada shows up in the place that we want him to show up? Especially with maybe a certain somebody still retaining their title at a certain pay-per-view that's coming up in a matter of, oh, I don't know, a week. Oh, I'm not even talking about Mega Okada fight. If that happens, I'm going to lose my mind. But <laughs> I will burn my house down. I am super excited. He's. I have a feeling he will be showing up. He's going to be in the USA for a bit. Sure, maybe he's that strong, but... I mean, Impact is in Vegas now. That is true. Yeah, and, him be on, oh my god, yeah, him beyond Impact would be insane too. And Suzuki just went back to Japan. Yep. After doing tapings, yeah, with Impact. And I'm kind of curious, let's, let's for argument's sake, because he will not have to go far... Eh, no, they're kind of making their way back to the East Coast right now. Let's see. Let's see. Between now and Jetokyo Dome. Um, they're going to be in Indianapolis on the 10th. Indianapolis, the 12th, the 13th. Norfolk, Virginia, the 17th. Illinois on the 24th. Duluth, Georgia on the 1st. Long Island, that coveted show that we've been talking about. Yep. Garland, Texas, December 15th, and New Orleans, January 12th. So between now and just slightly after the Tokyo Dome, they yeah. won't be on the West Coast. But right. So outside no of the I would say outside of the Dallas show, they're pretty much just east of the Mississippi. So Yeah. So we're getting what I've wanted. What I've wanted, Scott. I know. He's I know. here. So excited. But I'm fascinated that they're doing it pretty much right after All Out. They've timed it perfectly. Um, it'll be exciting. Next weekend's going to be an exciting event. Make sure you guys listen to us. We should have the Riddler and Zach from Back to the Ring. You know, the only podcast that takes you back in time to your favorite matches and puts in, you know, current superstars in there or other superstars. And, uh, Twist it up, how things would go, the runs and everything. It's worth a listen. Their podcast is pretty bomb. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it so far. Which actually forgot to mention, guys. We they did drop our first collaboration episode. Um, we do WrestleMania. Oh, jeez. We do TLC what two? TLC two for WrestleMania seventeen. Yeah, it's uh, we won't give anything away, but definitely check this out. It's worth a listen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also worth a listen, Scott. Let's talk about. Let us talk about what has just happened. What has just transpired? Another Black Thursday. Any wow. grand. <laughs> and I know a lot of people will make arguments. Well, you know, they they have too much talent. They were hoarding them. It's good they're going away. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can make these arguments. Still doesn't hurt any less. So the rundown of the list uh, of the people that were released this past Thursday, Nia Jax, Eva Marie, Mia Yim, Harry Smith, Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik, Jeet uh, Rama, 
uh, Katrina Cortez, Trey Baxter, uh, Ian Ramier, uh, Jesse Kamea, B-Fab, Oni Lorcan, Amber Moon, Frankie Monet, and Skylar Bordere. It's quite a list. Um, obviously, Keith, for me, Keith Lee was, was the biggest shot to the gut. Um, they clearly had no idea what they wanted to do with this man. Keith Lee was that type of professional wrestler that he, yes, was a big man, but he moved like cruiserweight, and that's what people loved about him. And he, he did also that wrote in himself. Yes. Yes. It's just NXT knew how to use him. Uh, we tweeted out something the day it happened where talking about how WWE, how could they drop the ball this big when it's a picture of Keith Lee holding both the NA championship and the NXT championship when he beat Adam Cole, baby. It's just like you bring him up to the main roster. You you have him beat Randy Orton. You you the year before they had the ridiculous Survivor Series, which to me was probably the, one of the best modern Survivor Series that I can remember. Having him with the fist bump with Roman Reigns, and I'm like, oh my god, here we go. Keith Lee's made. This is this is going to be great. I can't wait for him to come up to the main roster and continue to dominate. Well, that didn't happen. They they turn him into Bearcat Lee, which I understand they were doing an homage to, uh, you know, a great African American wrestler, you know, back in the day. But it wasn't Keith's idea. We all thought it might have been, but after the fact, it's been pretty much said, no, that wasn't me. So they made him change his gear. They made him change wrestling style. It just he even turned him heel for this. It didn't work. We knew it, and instead of WWE figuring, hey, well, we screwed up, maybe we should just put him back to the way it was, now we're just going to get let, let him go. Oh, 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 and let go of his fiance as well. Another person that was used well in NXT and then came up to the main roster and turned into Reckoning from Retribution, which could have gone better, but yet again, they fumbled on Retribution as well. And then she disappeared, we never saw her again. Funny thing is, she then gets drafted to Raw, but guess what? Never shows up on television, and now she's gone. And then don't even get me started about Karrion Cross and Scarlett. Mm. Yeah. Scarlett was not a happy person Wednesday after, uh, Thursday afternoon when he saw these names start to go. It, yeah. it was weird. I, I, I got out of work, and I was going to go to the movies, and I just had this feeling, don't go today, you know, just just don't. So I'm like, all right, I get home, you know, I'm just doing my stuff around my apartment. And then all of a sudden I go on Twitter and I start seeing these names getting dropped. And I'm like, the what? Why? Yeah. Not a happy camper in Thursday. And the crazy thing is they're pulling people from factions that are like. Like BFAB. Another one absolutely makes no sense. Yes, she's she's not really. Or she hasn't done a lot of wrestling in the ring, but she's an integral part of Hit Row. And I talked about this a little bit on my SmackDown study, how they still had Hit Row on the show, but it was so weird without B-Fab there. And they even edited their intro music to take out all the parts where uh, B-Fab was singing. And it was so awkward. And just, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they've already doomed this group. <laughs> yeah, it, this I just there's so much talent in this one where it's like you you're now looking at what I would argue were the stars of NXT for a bit. Yeah, and some of the up and comers too. Mm-hmm. Trey Baxter just got signed. Yep. Um, so did Frank A. Monet. Frank A. Monet, who is probably one of the best women's wrestlers out there. Yep. Date you know Davy Boy Smith Jr. Had one dark match and never did anything else. It's like, come on. I mean, yeah. I mean, Nia Jax also is a big name. Um, I know a lot of people weren't really happy with her in the ring because she did injure a lot of people. And there were other reasons, but, I mean, I don't know. And then you had Ember Moon, who was another one who was 
pretty, like pretty much up and coming. Eva Marie, who had made a big deal about re-signing. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that failed so hard. But all she did was spin it into her movie career. So, I mean, at least she's she's fine. She doesn't need to wrestle. She can go off and do what she wants to do. And that's all good and fine. Um, I'm honestly really happy for Lindsay Dorado and Grandma Talik. They've been trying to get out of there for a long time, even before Kalisto left, uh, or I should say was released. Uh, so they're free, finally. Um, I know Jeet Rama was just on NXT this past week. Um, uh, Katrina Cortez, we've seen her a couple of times. She, I think she was the first masked um, female wrestler from Chile as well. So that's... You know that's history in its own right, but now she's she's gone. She can go do whichever whatever she wants. Um, Zeta Ramirez and, and uh, Jesse Kamea also two up and comers in, in NXT, and then of course there's the statesman of this group, Oni Lorcan. For those of you who don't recognize that name, <laughs> uh, you may recognize him as Biff Music from you know the indie scenes, and once again Biff rules. I'm very excited to see him back in the indies. Yeah, but he also just to go back, he was in he was in a dominant faction. He was. But they completely destroyed that because they they took Ridge, put him on SmackDown. And you know, Pat McAfee also went to SmackDown and and now it's just Pete Dunne again. <laughs> um, I, and this goes we're going to we're going to jump a little further here because not only did they do this and these were Okay, I have mixed feelings. I'm glad these people got released because they're going to be used properly outside of WWE. Correct. But also, you're keeping, you're not growing any new talent. You are pretty much hindering any new talent. Yeah, I mean, they, they have their people that they're pushing in NXT right now. And, I mean, yeah, I'm sure some of them will be stars. Like, you know, people look at Braun Breaker and, you know, he's – that's another thing. It just pisses me off that they don't call him Rex Steiner because he's a Steiner. He acts like Scott and he wrestles like Rick. Like, God damn it, just call him his name. <laughs> it's not that difficult. But you're right. Yeah. They're 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 handcuffing a lot of their a lot of their people, and um, I know that there were reports that came out that uh, a lot of these releases were due to vaccination situations, and uh, we're not going to speculate on who's did what and who didn't, but it's just like but, it gets even hairier with that. Yeah, and I, I I will make a I'll make a point here, and we won't go too much into it. You know, I think it was Naya who supposedly wasn't vaccinated. And I think she came out and was like, I needed a mental health extension. Right. Yeah. And they denied it. She never heard from them. Yeah. And then they released her the next time, which that's, yeah, that, that, that's, if that's true, that sucks. I'm not going to say she's lying about it, but you never know. It's still, it's like, if that's the case, then why not give her extra time? They don't need her. There are enough women on Raw that can that can run with things for a little while. You know, why is it that big of a deal? Mental health is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, and in the meantime, you're allow. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna take this stuff for face value right now. All right. So if she gets released by mental for her mental health reasons, now you're also gonna keep Charlotte, who supposedly can't work with anyone. Right. Now, could this be absolutely all wrong? False? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. But we're gonna jump to the we're, we're gonna jump into something else that happened this week. Where I I will quote the guy who tweeted this because when I saw this, this explained everything. And that, well, for me, it says everything. Um, the underscore JF zero three one nine, Jamie Hater SZN posted y'all really don't give a fuck. <laughs> this has to do with the announcement that WWE was going to announce their Survivor Series teams via Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I I uh, that that baffled me as well. Like you have 3 weeks until Survivor Series. You had plenty of time to throw on some type of, I don't know, 
uh, qualification matches. Hell, you could have even done the announcements there. I get it. Social media is a big thing for WWE. They want people to to see what's going on outside of the shows. That's all good and fine. But for the rest of the fans, like for a lot of the kids who don't have social media, they're not going to have a clue what's happening until they watch the show on Monday and on Friday. It's like you need to give the people who pay good money as well to go to these shows something to really look forward to because sometimes the wrestling is a little uh, below parts sometimes, you know, so you're going to give them fun things like this because this is one of the big five that we, you know, that we like to call the big five. It's just baffling. I don't know. It's truly baffling. I mean, the teams themselves, they're pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to lie, um, but still, the fact that the fact that they announced it on Twitter really blew my mind. But let's do let's do a quick rundown of these of these teams. So to start off with, the Raw men's team consists of Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Ray, and Dominic Mysterio. Five men who were just on SmackDown before this draft. So that right there is already a first red flag. Um, This, although does have a good point of possibly having that divide that I've been waiting for between Dominic and Ray. So that could spin that into another storyline. We all know Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins hate one another. There are, uh, they're already back into a feud on raw and I feel bad for Finn because he's kind of just there. <laughs> well, you want to talk about another robbery in regards to talent who's not used correctly? Yep. I We could talk about that. This, we're still going to Mania. Mania tickets go on sale this week. That's true. We will not. I, I don't know if we're going to have a takeover because that was another thing we discussed. That's true. You're You're releasing all this talent. And what's their roster at now? How many people have they released since the start? Oh, God, I just had it up. There was uh, there's going to be at least it's at least 100, if not a lot more than that. But by since 2020, probably close to yeah, probably close to 100, if not more at this point. Damn it. Wow. Okay. Female wrestlers. Okay, uh, let's do this. Sorry, I want to I wanna figure this out. So female wrestlers on Raw. Scott, mark this down. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So you get 22 female wrestlers on the main roster. Yeah. yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, so that there is under a 60 talent on the main roster? No, more than that. So you have 65 men, 22 women. So it's still under 100. So, uh, still under 100. And we're not even talking about NXT, which is still pretty loaded. Yeah. Or UK. I, I'm really curious what's going to happen next year. Because yeah. the company is starting to really not feel like itself anymore. I will no, once it's... again say this is the sign of somebody selling. I know. I was I was waiting for you to mention that again. Um, because for the first time after this, I was just like, maybe they are. Like I I've been a staunch believer of like, no, nah, they're not gonna sell. Vince will never sell. You know, he's gonna take this to the grave and then who knows who'll take over afterwards. But at this point, like Nick Khan has literally come in and just like Holy shit. <laughs> well, especially when you look at something like um you look at what he's done with um 
This was announced just after their quarter two earnings, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, that was that was another thing that pissed a lot of people off. The fact that they announce all their, their earnings and then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's, you know, 20 some odd people that no longer have a job. Yeah, uh, it's 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 baffling. It's baffling. Um, I I don't really know how to feel about it. I think you and I are both on the same page. Yeah. But I'm you know, running out of, I'm running out of excuses, Sam. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't I'm have propose, any more excuses for this company. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna propose this idea that I proposed to Scott a long time ago. Scott, you remember my idea? You have a lot of them, Sam. A lot of them good, but. Refresh my memory. Okay, so I had this idea that, especially with Ring of Honor right now, Ring of Honor is doing this restructure. What I think Ring of Honor needs to do, at least Tony Khan, Tony Khan could buy Ring of Honor mm-hmm. and use it as a I don't want to say developmental promotion, but it's like B tier. They run more shows. You know, you got Dynamite. That's the show you want to be on. Rampage. Right. That's the show you want to be on. And then Ring of Honor. Oh, they do the weekly weekend runs. They do all these other shows. They do this going. They they do all this other stuff. Yeah. So it allows for the younger talent. They're able to do more tours. Hey, you can go to Ring of Honor. We do have shows you can run, or you can just go do indie stuff. Right. That's what I think could happen. That's what I think should happen. If you want my honest opinion, well, I happen? think that would be that would be cool. I really do. You know, that's just me talking like a like a mark. You know, <laughs> sitting behind this microphone, who doesn't know the ins and outs of the wrestling business. And I do understand business, but not the wrestling business. But Scott, that being said, let's get right into it. Let's talk about this crazy, crazy week of mm-hmm. wrestling. Man, kicking it off with Alan Angels taking on Kenny Omega. This was uh this was quite an opener. It was, yeah. You know, I keep forgetting how good some of this other talent is because they get caught up with their gimmicks or their whatever. And Alan Angels is like the lower tier of the dark order. Man, though, let's 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 applaud Alan Angels being able to go at Kenny yes. for this opening. I believe this was what, a rematch from like April twenty twenty? Yeah, I think this is when they were having that all that extra talent just come in. Yeah. That was yeah, the the pandemic was really taking off and yeah, so they they were doing a lot of their their shows you know with with empty arenas and this was I I, I actually do remember that match and I was just like, "Wow, Allen Angels looking really good against Omega." And then all of a sudden, you know, go with the Dark Order and all that happens and now they have their rematch this past week and some good stuff good stuff yes it was so following that we had cm punk come out and address eddie kingston (laughs) which again great promo also totally forgot to mention this forgot to mention this so i remember if it was the day before that morning where they made the announcement that john moxie was going into treatment for uh you know alcohol treatment yep um Guy definitely, you know, guy had some demons. You know, I, I probably wouldn't, I've never painted him as the worst person on the planet. Right. And I don't know what triggered this in him to go and seek help. But, you know, hoping for the best. I mean, he is one of the best talents that they have. He's one of those guys where you kind of some days forget, oh, yeah, you were one of WWE's top guys. Yep. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, and CM Punk address it, especially, you know, him being part of the straight edge society and whatnot, because that's, you know, he is actually straight edge yep. coming out and addressing it. And even Tony, Con- I, I got to give him cr- both sides credit. So credit for Moxley making that announcement public and allowing Tony to do so. Mm-hmm. And props for Tony Khan going pretty much asking before even make making that known. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of big. You know, it, it's a private matter for John and. You know, obviously wishing him the best and, you know, get so he can get the help that he needs. And, you know, but yeah, having Tony ask him and, and be granted the, uh, you know, the way, uh, <laughs> tried to think of the words, um, giving him the the opportunity to, to tell the fans and everything that's going on. And, you know, that's, you know, good. That's, that's, it's very respectful. I like that a lot. 
It is. It's it, it gives Tony as much as people like, oh, he's being a dick. He's being cocky. He's being pompous. I think Tony cares a lot more than people think he he's not just some schlep throwing money around. Yeah. I mean, he's a fan like we are. And, you know, but the man knows how to run a business at the same time. So obviously he's got that leg up on the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. So this was this. It was good to hear that. CM Punk, it's crazy. I see a lot of things online, and I will address this negativity. A lot of people online are just like, you know, CM Punk has lost his steam, this and that. I'll tell you first firsthand, being in the building in Boston, he hasn't lost his steam. No. Second of all, if you think he's lost his steam, yeah, how often has he? I, I was, it was October. Over a month since his, no. Over two months since his AEW debut. And it was his Dynamite in-ring debut. Yep. They're really pacing him out really well. I, I Yeah, absolutely. Like, you can't expect the man that's coming from seven years off to come in and wrestle every single week and, and be in these grand storylines. It's like, no. The man wants to work with a whole bunch of talent. And you still get to see him pretty much every week because he comes out and he still addresses the crowd. And the crowd still pops for him. You know, he'll still randomly do those jump-ins into the crowd. Although he didn't do it this past week, obviously for obvious reasons. And that's all good and fine. But, you know, people need to, to they need to understand, yes, I'm personally very excited that CM Punk is back. But I'm glad he's not wrestling all the time because you know why? That takes away from the special shine that he has now he like he's an attraction at this point you know he's been gone for so long and yes it's been a couple months but i still thoroughly enjoy when he comes out just to talk to us because the man is easily one of the best on the microphone and i am waiting for the day where he goes up against mjf on the mic it's getting hot in here is it just yeah 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 that's what I'm waiting. That for me is like the best, you know, one-on-one on the mic that he can have in that company. And I cannot wait for that day. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. Following that, we actually had, um, uh, Atrios, uh, was it Atrios? Is that their name? Their name? It was pretty much what? Kalisto and... Oh, yes. Uh, Aerostar and um, Samurai Del Sol. I like Kalisto's new name. That's that's that fits that fits him well. Um, but it was nice to see Aerostar. I haven't watched Aerostar since, you know, that other promotion that Sam started to watch. But I don't know where he is at that point. But um, <laughs> Aerostar is a big staple in, in Mexico. Um, so it's nice to see him on AEW television as well. Uh, this was a fun match too, going against uh, FTR. It it was, and let me tell you, it took me a minute to realize what was going on when they started referring themselves as the greatest luchadors of all time. Yes, I'm like they're not the great. Wait a minute, hold up. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> I'm following you, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, um, this was great. This was a lot of fun. Um, obviously the AAA tag champions retained. Mm. Um, and this some this doesn't end here. We're gonna talk about this at Rampage actually. On no, yeah. we talk about Rampage. Um, following that, we had a wonderful promo by the Inner Circle. To reveal their full gear opponents. And man, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about here. First and foremost, Dan Lambert. For you know, I know a lot of people are still kind of like, why do we have this asshole on TV? And I'm like, he's a good shit talker. He's a great shit talker. And I yeah. love him shit talking. And I loved this whole oh, this was a good back and forth. You know, we got to figure out who is going to be team with the men of the year to take on in the inner circle in the Minneapolis street fight at full gear. And there was some shots thrown. And the one I want to point out is the one we all remember probably the most from this. And Jericho from, from even looked page. and goes, <laughs> yeah, page man Zance comments. Like I want to be the fifth member and I could take the five of you on right now. And Jericho just sat there with the mic. He was like, 
all by uh, herself. <laughs> all by herself. I'm all just by like, yourself, huh? That joke writes itself, sweetheart. <laughs> oh my god! I literally just stared at my television. And go, did she just say that on national television? <laughs> like seriously, like. Okay, I get it. I get it. You're 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 going for that particular crowd. And I don't know if she meant it to say it that way because she she didn't really overly react once Jericho kind of dropped the oh you could drop that on your OnlyFans. <laughs> but I was just like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it was this this was a this was a fun this was a fun segment to watch. It was, especially now we know who is gonna be involved. Let me. Well, that article I have doesn't uh, doesn't really clear. Hold a second, let me pull it up. Well, they they talk about adding. Well, Jake Hager chooses Junior Dos Santos because obviously with their MMA background, so that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santana picks um, Andre Ovalowski, and then the the big one that I'm very excited about is that Jericho himself picks Dan Lambert because. Lambert put his foot in his mouth the first time he spoke, which pretty much happens every time, but that's beside the point. He talks about he's the first member of America's top team. And the moment he said that, I said, son of a bitch, he's going to get picked as as a member. It's going to happen. And it did, and I was just like, great. Now it's technically five on four in a street fight because Dan Lambert's going to get hit once and take a nap. So, (laughs) oh, man, this is going to be fun to watch. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm kind of curious, though, like, does Dan Lambert have fighting experience, or is he just a trainer? I don't know, honestly. Like, I, I'm not a, uh, I'm personally not an MMA guy, so I, I don't know his history. Um, but I, I just know what I've seen on from what he's done on AEW, and he's excellent on the mic. But who knows how he is when it comes to wrestling? It'll be fun. I'm, uh, it, you know what? This is a, this is almost like something they would have done back in. WCW, but better. Yeah. Except it's not Dennis Rodman. They're in the NBA playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rodman and Malone. I'll never forget that match. Holy shit. <laughs> so, following that, we had a TBS Women's Championship tournament match. Anna Jay taking on Jamie Hader with Hader defeating Jay. Um, you know, Hader beating the crap out of Jay. Ty Conti coming out, making the save, getting hurt. Shit kicked on her, I believe, from Rebel. And, of course, our lady, the finest, Thunder Rosa, comes booking out there because she had the first buy for the TBS tournament. I think she takes on Jamie Hayter. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. be nice to see Thunder Rosa with the title in AEW. Yes, I agree. Um, I believe these six now have a match uh, on Dynamite next week, too. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch. No, it will be. It will be. Um, Following that, we had (laughs) another great promo by MJF taking and Darby Allen. Where to start? Where to start with this one, Scott? This this was good. Um, Like I said, we talked about I mentioned MJF and, and CM Punk talking on the mic at some point, but. MJF is probably the best person to make you hate him period like i don't hear any cheers for this man it is all booze and it's glorious like we haven't had a full-fledged heel in professional wrestling in a long time you could you could kind of do that for for baron corbin before he had his multiple changes of his gimmick but now mjf is is far and away the number one worst person like heel wise that people hate him like i feel like this is almost to the point of like 70s and 80s hatred like i swear like if he walked through a crowd somebody would try to knife him like seriously (laughs) no i i really feel that way too like every time he comes out even when i was there i was excited to come out but you can't just help up it's here he comes boo but you're really like yes let's go (laughs) yep yeah. He uh no, this was a great another great segment. There's nothing this guy can say that A doesn't shock you and B doesn't make 
let me ask you, going into full year, does Darby win this? Or is this the match where MJF actually wins? And that's just one of those little things where it's like, well, I am better than Darby. That's the thing. He doesn't wrestle often, but when he does, he gets those wins that make you go, oh, you fucking slut. Yeah. It's tough with this one, honestly. Like, for everything that MJF's saying, you think that it's time to get his comeuppings and Darby gets the win because ever since they, MJF talked about the pillars of AEW, you know, he's been just running down Darby and even getting the best of him at times. But the last couple of weeks, Darby's been getting the one-ups. So it's kind of like, well, we're going into the go-home show for full gear this week. And it'll be interesting to see what happens this week before we go into the show. But honestly, for me, this one, I'm literally on the fence at 50-50. I need to see what happens on Dynamite before I can fully make my my pick, which we will do on when we do our recording for Saturday. So just another reason for people to make sure they check in next Saturday when we do our um, our predictions and our picks for uh, Full Gear. Yes. Yes. Cannot wait. I can't believe we're here already, Scott. I know. So up next, we had probably an awkwardly paced, something that was like very heavily advertised, but I wasn't the main event. Cody Rhodes taking on Andrade El Idolo. Mm-hmm. Um, With Malachi Black barred from ringside. This was actually really good. Yeah. I enjoyed this. I'm not surprised that this was a good match. I mean, for all the shit that people give Cody, the man knows how to go in the ring, and Andrade is Andrade. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Tony Khan said something this week about Cody, and it's like weird 50-50. Because I'm a fan of the men- person he mentioned. He said Cody Rhodes is the John Cena of AEW. Kind of 50-50 on I love Cena. I've always been a Cena fan. But I would say Cody definitely a lot more talented. In the ring? Uh, he starts talking about the way he gets his he gets booed. Well, yeah, getting booed, yeah. I mean, Cena had always had his his fifty fifty, well, maybe at some point seventy thirty split with the crowd. It was it, mo- it was mostly anybody over puberty, a male side was booing him, and all the ladies and all the children were cheering him. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how it was. People just wanted Cena to turn heel, and he never did. And, well, that's Cena's who he is. But the only thing Cena didn't do, Cena didn't openly go, I'm not turning heel. No, but he mocked it. Like he I remember one of my favorite promos from him is that he came in and he talked about a heel turn. He literally just put out his foot and turned his heel. And I'm just like, sir, A plus. Absolutely (laughs) amazing. It's just those little things. But I don't know. Like for right now, I feel like Cody has almost go away heat at this point. Yeah, like the fans just don't want to see him, or they're just so desperately wanting him to just be a heel. Which I don't. I mean, Cody's been a heel, and you know, before. Honestly, I think his run at WWE when he was when uh, he was uh, what was it? Um, Stardust. No, 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 not Stardust. But when he had the mask, like after his face was broken by Rey Mysterio. Um, we had the, the guys walking around with the paper bags to hand out to the crowd. I thought that was supreme Cody Rhodes at that point. Or we think about Cody Rhodes when he left WWE and became the American nightmare. Right. I mean, that was in, in the indie side of things. Yes. I mean, that was fantastic. Um, that was a great run. But now it's like he's trying. I feel like he might almost be trying too hard to be a face. And I don't know. I don't know what honestly needs to be done for that to to flip, but I don't know. It's just it's kind of awkward to 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 have him try to do face things, but yet the crowd just hates it so much. It's, yeah. I feel bad for him. I really do. Yeah, you know, in due time, in due time, things will uh we'll see what happens. But let's talk about this main event first and foremost before we even 
talk about it. This was supposed to be the last uh, eliminated tournament match in the first round. And this was going to be Orange Cassidy taking on John Moxley. With John Moxley now out of action due to, you know, his um, treatment. Orange Cassidy was without an appointment opponent up until, I don't know, five minutes. I don't know, like beginning of the show. Yeah. Not even. Yep. Like we're maybe 15 minutes into the show and they make the announcement after the opening match. Yep. Yeah, guys, we got Orange Cassidy taking on and losing to Miro. The Redeemer. But I, honestly, I feel like he should have been in this tournament to begin with. But the fact that he you know, slides in after the first couple rounds, I'm all right with that. <laughs> I'm well, sliding again, right into his, the semis. His, he's God's champion. So I think it plays off well. It's like... He's given me a blessing. Now I can go and. But he's. Make- but it's funny because his his promos are still. Um, this is another thing that pisses me off. The things that WWE did not do right with him. Like he is fantastic on the mic. I love that he still continues to talk about how he's, um, still going to be vengeful versus his god, and he can't go home because his because he's ashamed for his wife, and it's just like. This is the shit I love to watch. <laughs> Especially, yeah, we get it. He's not... I mean, he is a citizen. But he's, you know, he's not from the state. He's from Bulgaria. He now lives in this. He moved to the States to become a professional wrestler. But he, he speaks perfect English fine. So there's no problem there. No. He he talks like most other people. Like, he's just fine. His promos are great. It's like every time Miro... I, I actually get a chill down my spine. It's like... Whew. Like, what's he gonna do now? Yeah. Phone. <laughs> In my very flexible wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, man. I think honestly, like the stuff with Kip was weird, and it was kind of like this is not what they should, you know, this is not what Miro should be doing. But the moment they dropped that and let Miro just kind of go wild, it was it's it's been amazing to see. So. He faces Daniel Bryan at full gear to become the number one contender to whoever wins the AEW Heavyweight Championship at the main event. And honestly, I really need to sit down and think about this because whoever wins this number one contendership match will make me pick somebody else for the Heavyweight Championship. So I really need to figure this out. And I'm really glad that we're going to be able to talk all this out this upcoming week. So, man, people really need to make sure they listen to this. Scott's to this. getting high and heavy, guys. I am. I am. Like, I, It's great when we get to have all four of us talking about all this stuff and just, just bounce ideas t- off of one another. It's so much fun. It. I don't I, – I... I remember being younger and I will go back to, you know, when, you know, I was watching the ruthless aggression thing. It was kind of cool. We only got to see SmackDown because we didn't have cable, but I can only imagine this is equivalent to. Oh man. Like, you know, watching like, you know, WCW and WWE being able to just have these, all these other conversations There's so much going on. It just, the uh, possibilities are endless. We're going to have Okada and AEW at some point. Like, this is where I'm super excited, <sighs> man. I just – this was a good episode of Dynamite, and it, I will bring it up. So I don't want to sound like I'm a Mark or you know a fanboy, <laughs> which uh, I would admit I'm a little bit, and for obvious reasons. Um, AEW's – their ratings haven't been great, even though the playoffs no, are over. Come back. Yeah, it's – You know, uh, Wednesday, I can't even think what was going on on Wednesday that might have hindered it. But also, wrestling, I'm glad it's as popular as it is right now. Yeah. I will take it for what it is. Yep. That being said, uh, Scott and I were kind of on and off the impact train. So unfortunately up until this, you know, indefinitely things are going to be at random. We get a lot going on. We'll be recording our go home show on Thursday for you guys. Yeah. Um, so obviously we will not be live tweeting then when we can, we will um, hopefully around the pay-per-views. We don't want to lose sight of all this amazing stuff that impacts doing. So, 
We'll still cover it weekly, though, because we, you know, we owe it to the fans that do follow us for Impact stuff. Maybe we should do the same thing at NWA. We can find the NWA results. We'll start including those again. That is very true, sir. Oh, man, I missed those days of power. We had so much fun watching that. We did. We you did. and I, I, that was one where I think you and I felt like kids, like, Scott, 605. Sorry, no. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so we're going to get right into the impact uh, matches. Uh, this week, uh, opening contest was a X Division number one contendership match. Rahit Raju, Steve Macklin, uh, Laredo Kid, and Black Tarus all taking on each other for Laredo Kid getting the win. That'll be a great match about against Trey Miguel when it happens. Um, following that, we had um, Eric Young's word of warning. I'm, I'm literally reading this off the Bleach Report. Um, kind of promo his return to the ring and what he has in store for the Impact roster. Um, looks like he squashed somebody. The Good Brothers taking on Finn Juice. Um, this is where you can definitely tell that the uh, Forbidden Door is kind of closed at the moment right now since we haven't seen the Good Brothers on uh, Dynamite. Yep. But they took him on. And they fought to a no contest. Uh, Hikaleo, El Fantasmo, and Chris Bay hit the ring after. A Nakos championship match. Mickey James taking on Madison Ray with James defeating Ray. Madman Fulton took on Chris Sabin with Sabin getting the win. Sabin is, ah, uh, guy does not stop. No. Big then, fan of Chris Sabin. And then on uh, the main event, Minoru Suzuki, Moose, and W. Morrissey taking on Josh Alexander, Matt Cardona, and Eddie Edwards with Morrissey, Moose, and Suzuki getting the win. Those are the matches I'd like to go. Good thing I have this taped. I'm going to have to check out at least the main event out. Because I know this is Suzuki's last few uh, matches in the States for a while. Yep. That being said, uh, we had a little bit of a problem on Friday where uh, my sling is not working on my fire stick and, you know, <laughs> fuck Amazon as I go to order more stuff off of Amazon Prime with my account. <laughs> but Rampage, wow. Let's talk about this. Oh Opening bout, Brian Danielson taking on Anthony Bowens of the Acclaimed. Okay. can Before we get into this match, can we talk about Max Caster and his rap where he basically buried the fuck out of John Laurinaitis. Best yeah. thing. I, I literally got off my couch and I applauded this. Like, it was outstanding. Between that, yeah, yeah. Between that and his, you know, the only reason you're known is because of your wife's reality TV show. Oh, my God. And then something about, you know, I'm cutting jobs faster than your father-in-law's company or something like that. Oh, my God. And I was just like, we let's be real guys the acclaim was definitely not our thing when it started right but boy oh boy you can't hate this guy anymore no i mean yeah he 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 said a couple you know distasteful things and he paid his price for it but ever since he's come back and been on at least from what i've seen on television because again we don't get time to watch dark or elevation He's been really good mm-hmm. with his with his intro raps. So this one was just outstanding. The crowd, oh my god! And I think <laughs> they, the pur- they ate this up. Mm-hmm. And I think purposely they're not supposed to be great. Let's be real. I know it, some days he comes out and you're like, oh, this is cringeworthy. But then when you hear some of the stuff he said, like Friday, I just couldn't stop. I'm like, no, yeah. Yeah. he did not. I was like, he did like, I, 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 dude, I was dumbfounded. I was absolutely dumbfounded when he said that. And then because of that, I was a little more intrigued with the match. That was the thing. Like, mm. usually I'm just like, okay, cool. The acclaim's on. They're going to do their rap. But I've noticed more so when their raps are really good or they hit home. Like, that was like when I saw, I think, Max Caster or Anthony, which one took on when they recorded Dark or Dark Elevation, they took on Orange Cassidy. And they made a comment about the Sox losing or something. The place lit up. They were like, oh, I mean, well, what? where else do you hit home in Boston than their sports teams? Right. You want to start a riot, tell them the Sox suck, 
New England sucks, the Celtics yeah. and the Bruins suck, and you'll yeah. probably start something nastier than what's uh, any riot you saw in 2020. <laughs> I know, touchy subject, but <laughs> Boston's a rowdy, rowdy team like a uh, oh, city okay. like that. Yeah. I know a lot of people are kind of probably listening going, well, that's kind of a touchy subject. Boston's a very touchy subject some days. Walk- a- Amen. So, that being said, I was more intrigued with the match. And actually, Bowens looked great. And I don't he know if did. Bowens being great in the ring, and now I'm a little more invested in them, or Danielson helping him look. Uh, Brian Danielson hasn't had a bad match in AEW. Yeah, He's had that's true. bangers after banger after banger after banger. Like, I feel like I'm watching, like, his, all of his best matches in WWE back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Because name a bad match he's had. Yeah, you're right, 100%. You know, we're getting the the Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan that, I mean, we kind of got him in WWE, but, like, there's obviously a lot of fluff there. And just this match was great. He obviously got the win by submission, I believe. Yes. So following that, we had uh, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston coming face-to-face. And yeah, this was – some days Eddie – and I'll, I think you and I are on the same page on this one. There's some days Eddie Kingston is like, oh, Eddie Kingston again. Cool, whatever. Love Eddie. Don't get me wrong. I love him. And then he comes out and he does these promos, and you like – some of the stuff Eddie Kingston said in this promo – Especially after CM Punk called him a bum. <laughs> oh, did the crowd eat that? Oh, seriously, I felt I don't. All right, this all right. This doesn't happen much with me when it comes to wrestling. I've watched for thirty plus years. I was uncomfortable watching this promo, and I loved every second of it because it doesn't happen often. This felt so real. But it you know what? Part of it is, and I, that's what I was gonna say. I think for Eddie Kingston. I think some of it is real. Like when he's talking about, I almost lost my house during the pandemic. People think professional wrestlers, oh yeah, they're all, you know, they all make a lot of money. This Talk about losing your house. Because he even made a comment when he came to AEW about, you know, trying to put food on the table. Yep. Um, Because remember, he was part of um, NWA at that time. Yep. And boy, this, this hit home. This... Especially when CM Punk rubbed it in. He was, I want you at full gear. And he's like, I don't know, Eddie. I was thinking more like Rampage. It seems to be more like your speed. It was oh like, God. would he, would he, would he drop that? Like, ooh, I didn't expect coming, coming here tonight to fight, to fight Eddie at full gear. I was thinking more like, mm, I don't know, darker elevation. I was like, oh Christ, oh Christ. And Eddie, of course, ate that up, and the crowd was just, ah, oh, this was just. This match is going to be brutal, and I can't wait for it. And you know there's some history between these guys. This is the great thing. A lot of these guys were in, especially CM Punk. You know, people forget CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Moxley, hell, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. They were at one point the backbone of Ring of Honor. Yep. And they even, another thing during this promo, they name-dropped Samoa Joe as well. I heard that. That was, Scott's over there like, I need more Joe. I know. Where is Joe? God damn it. (laughs) Talk about somebody they didn't release who's injured again. (laughs) If he's actually injured and they they just didn't. I don't know. The more time goes on, I feel like the only reason why they had Joe wrestle carrying Cross was to get the title off of him and then send Cross off to Raw and now Cross is back in the unemployment line. And so... With Joe, they're just like, no, you're 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 not wrestling again. So I don't know. The only times I get to watch Joe now is when I'm watching Up Up Down Down. So Yeah, he'll be a cool one to see show up or go back to impact. Or I don't know, this whole idea of I I think Tony Khan needs to buy Ring of Honor and use it as a stepping stone, almost like a Kind of mix it up with what Dark and Elevation are doing now. Except you make it more of a touring show. Right. So, 
Then we had our next. Um, was it the Bunny and Red Velvet taking each other on? This was kind of a, kind of a quick match. Yes, yeah, it was another TBS Women's Tournament Championship or Women's whatever. You know what I mean? It's a tournament match, round one. <laughs> you know, with a uh, Red Velvet out of your mama's kitchen getting the win. I love that. There's something about that. Every time I hear that, I'm like, nice. Like it just, it just like, it's not even like, not even like one of those, you know, sexist jokes. Like, oh, you belong in the kitchen. It's like right out of your mama's kitchen. You don't fuck with what's in your mama's kitchen. Right. Okay. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Let, Let the girl, let the girl speak. Let the girl talk. And she did. And she's definitely one of my favorites. I'm glad she's moving forward. Her and Jade Cargill are next in this tournament. They already have their own history as this. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun match to see. I would not, I would not be mad if Red Velvet upset Jade here. Imagine. I don't think that'll happen, but if it does, I think that would do uh, Red Velvet a lot of good. Yeah, we, they don't do a lot. They haven't had an upset in a while over here like that. Yeah, not since Private Party beating the Bucks. The last time you were at a, well, the first time I should say you were at an AEW show. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's talk about, let's talk about this, though. <laughs> One of the greatest, probably, storylines going on, which has kind of been put me back into being the elite. <laughs> we had the Dark Order's John Silver in the main event taking on the elites. Budge. Yes. <laughs> It was funny. So Adam Cole was actually at um, Rhode Island Comic Con yesterday, and I believe my buddy Rob met him. And he goes, "I'm gonna call him Budge when I go up to the to the table." Oh Christ! <laughs> Whether he did or not, I don't know. I haven't heard from him since. Maybe he uh, had a Panama uh, Sunrise. <laughs> but um, this was great. Again, we will talk about people, and we see more John Silver than we do Alan Angels. So I always love John Silver. Yeah. So anytime he shows up, and you. The man needs to be on television more often than not. But also, there were, t- there were times where you would think, like, the Harakarana that Adam Cole did. It's like, oh, here's a Harakarana. He, no, he countered, and now it was a powerbomb. Like, yep. John, like, the chemistry they had was great. Granted, John Silver ended up losing. But, man, this was, I mean, you got Adam Cole, Bebe. You know, probably one of the finest specimens in the industry, hands mm. down. Um, I do want to make mention we when we missed it when we talked about um, dynamite, a, a testament to how good Adam Cole is at this whole professional wrestling thing. He took a concerto on Wednesday from Christian, and on during Friday's match with John Silver, he was still showing the remnants of that. Like he would get up randomly and be woozy and kind of like bounce, like fall over to the ropes. Now. I'm assuming, obviously, he's just playing along with, you know, oh, I just, you know, took a chair shot to the face, you know, or to the back of the head, so I'm going to be a little woozy. Uh, I'm assuming this is not another Matt Hardy situation where the man was clearly concussed, but they allowed him to continue to wrestle. (laughs) But Adam Cole did such a great job at this. I love also after the match and after he won, again, gets up and he's kind of like woozy. It's like, ah, you're so good at this though wrestling thing, Adam. Thank you. It was great. Even the opening bit where, you know, John Silva's talking and this and that. Oh, bud, you know, you're just shave your head. You'll be our manager. He's like, shut the hell up, John Silver. <laughs> just like, it felt really personal. <laughs> Uh, it's so good because it's a slight shot at WWE and they do it in such a great way. And it's just, it's, it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> it is. Especially when we got, you know, Adam, anything Adam Cole related. I, I had to go back yesterday. I went back and watched his debut at full gear. Oh God. Not full gear. Sorry. All out. Let me tell you, I got to go back and buy that, that like, like there, I only buy pay-per-views like hard copies that i were at at this point yeah that was something that i need to own yep because and don't get me wrong brian danielson coming out was also really exciting afterwards but the fact that adam cole wrestled at takeover what the week before yep and then it's like oh man brian danielson's gonna come out and interrupt kenny 
And then you hear it's all about the boom and Adam Cole's name. Man, chills, man. Fucking chills. It's so good. And he's gonna he's gonna have a title at some point. Agreed. That man. Just thinking about it. getting excited, Scott. I'm getting hot and bothered again. It's so good. But full gear is around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. We have, and this is a short paper. There's only eight matches here. As of right now, I can't think of anything else that's going to be booked. They might do something for a pre-show because that's how both Royale. companies have done it. Yeah, so we might we might get some information. Maybe Rampage. I know that when we're going we're gonna to be recording before Rampage happens next week or this week. But if anything extra is added, just just pay attention to our Twitter and we'll uh, we'll message it out to you guys. Yes, so guys, Saturday morning, do not forget, check out our go-home show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have the Riddler and Zach from Back to the Ring joining us. And guys, if you don't already do so, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. You can find myself as Sam the SOB Official and Scott as Scotty J Stream. Do not forget, you can find the Back to the Ring guys as Back to the Ring as well. They are in our partnership with Ship It Studios. They're a, a wonderful bunch there. Uh, they have a whole bunch of different content that you guys need to check out. We're on all streaming platforms. If it's the ones you cannot find us on, please let us know, and we will get ourselves on there. On our streaming platform, please make sure you sh- like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a re- review. Tell people I above the ring <laughs> and ship it studios is the podcast of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Thank you so much for listening. Full Gear is around the corner. Don't forget to ship it, and as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.